Welcome to Between Two Printers, a podcast where we will discuss all things 3D printing and ONP. I'm your host, Jeff, and I've been with Warham for the past 19 years, and recently my role has been increasingly revolving around 3D printing. So we decided to create a podcast to discuss and share some of the learnings we've had along this journey. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Between Two Printers. I'm joined today by Praise. Praise, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Jeff, and hello, everyone listening to Between Two Printers. I'm Praise DeClaro, the cranial applications lead at Vorum. I have been with the company for almost 13 years now, and I'd estimate that about eight of those were spent traveling to and visiting various PO clinics and hospitals around the world. Thank you for inviting me to be part of today's episode. Great. What, do you, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I know that the benefits of 3D printing have been discussed on this podcast before, but I was hoping to have a more focused discussion and consider the point of view of a business owner. Specifically, answer the question, what are the benefits to my business if I adopt 3D printing? Great question. As you rightly point out, we have certainly discussed parts of this before. Also notable is that some of the things that are better about 3D printing for the practitioner and patients will overlap or be echoed for the business owner. If it's better for your practitioner, it'll be easier to retain staff. If it's better for the patients, then you'll expand your business by word of mouth from happy customers. But let's dig in on some business-specific advantages. First off, I guess, are there some specific areas where you were hoping for improvements? And second, for the purposes of discussion, do I assume that you have a CAD system already, or are we comparing to a shop that uses predominantly traditional manufacture? Let's consider a few different fictitious businesses. That will probably cover a good deal of facilities out there. Sounds good. Where do you want to start? Let's start small. We'll imagine a small, smallish facility with two practitioners, three technicians, and a few supporting staff. This facility specializes in TLSOs for scoliosis and works exclusively with plaster. They do about two to three TLSOs per day and service several area hospitals. Sadly, I'm going to have to disappoint this business owner. I really don't see a big reason to push into 3D printing. TLSOs are fairly large as O&D shapes go, and they don't really nest well. So putting them into like a powder-based machine, assuming they fit, you're going to have a lot of wasted space. And doing it with FDM, these are going to take quite a while, even on the fastest of machines. Okay, um, but let's say that they really want to adopt 3D printing. What would be the best way for them to go about it? The two main pieces of advice I would give are as follows. One, introduce the process gradually. And two, introduce the process gradually. <laughs> Either introducing the process gradually is very important, or we may need a refresher lesson in counting there, Jeff. No, you're, you're just right. I wanted to make a point. It's kind of like when you hear realtors talk about location, location, location. It's super important to introduce the process gradually. So, for example, step one, I would have them scan the molds that they do conventionally before and after in order to learn how to achieve those changes in the CAD software. Not every user out there can really quantify the changes that they make with plaster and rasps. Then step two, once they're comfortable with that, would be to scan the patient or their cast to start with, and then modifying CAD, trying to replicate what they had done by hand prior to sending it away to be carved. 
wait, if we're trying to know more about 3D printing, why are we carving? Well, many people struggle with spatial perception in order to interpret what they see on screen. Even those with strong abilities in this area need to train their brains a little. The reason for carving is that because the first few digital designs, I can nearly guarantee you that there'll be things that you wish you did a little bit more or a little bit less. The advantage with a carving is that you can make the changes and scan it to save what you've learned and then just make one device. Oh, that's fair enough. What's next? Well, continuing along, step 2B, uh, modify the carvings as required. Um, again, I mentioned that you'll probably want to make some changes, so you're going to end up modifying that carving before you pull plastic on it to make the device. And you'll want to make a few devices this way just to get comfortable with it. Then step three, just like step two, but this time order a completed device from someone with a carver. So you're gonna scan, you're gonna modify, but instead of ordering the carving, you're gonna order the final device. And this step is about getting to the point where you trust your own digital design. So once you get there and you trust your own digital design, that's it? You're ready to 3D print? Yes and no. You'll still need to work with the print bureau or whoever it is that's doing your printing to determine the material properties so you can design your device appropriately. Remember that when you're using a carving system, you choose a material thickness that determines a lot of the final material properties. If your print bureau doesn't specialize in OMP, you're gonna to need to work with them uh, to make sure that you know and understand the materials you're using and the thicknesses so that you can design the entire device, not just the inside. But yeah, once you're happy with step three, then you can move along to step four. Just like step three, but this time you're also designing the outside of the device so that when it's sent to the manufacturer with the 3D print bureau, that you can actually get the complete device. Four steps, that didn't seem so bad. Perhaps not, but now you can't rush a job, you're on the print bureau's schedule. For so much of scoliosis bracing, also I see a lot of adjusting of trim lines during the fitting, perhaps more so than any other devices. And so because of that, you lose some of the benefits of having trim lines designed right into the brace. Okay, so for this sample facility, what do they gain by adopting 3D printing technology? Well, they've started by quantifying what they do by learning how to do their modifications digitally. This is huge from a consistency standpoint and good consistency is something that brings customers back. Quantifying exactly what you do is also key to helping grow your business. You can't have your whole business rely on one or two people. By quantifying and codifying the modification process, you're better poised to train others and increase your capacity. By going digital, you now have an effectively infinite storage. So if you like keeping molds for particularly complicated patients, now you can keep all of your molds, but in the computer. Not only do they not take up physical space, if you've got a good mode of organizing them in the computer, you'll save time even compared with trying to dig up the physical mold from a large storage area. That's still a substantial gain for a group where you wouldn't necessarily even recommend 3D printing. Okay, I'm looking forward to what you'll say for this next scenario. We'll take another small shop that deals predominantly with pediatric AFOs and three-fourths length in shoe orthoses. These guys use CFABs for all their production. They take casts for AFOs and slipper casts for the in-shoe orthoses. They then ship them in batches once a week to their CFAB and mostly see clients in group when they hold clinic days. 
tell me that 3D printing is going to help these guys. Absolutely. There are a bunch of reasons why this business is going to be able to benefit from 3D printing. First off, what are they going to need? A scanner and some CAD software. As with the previous example, I would still suggest starting gradually. So first scanning casts, then graduating to scanning patients directly. But once we get to the point of scanning patients and modifying in CAD and sending out for manufacture, what are the benefits going to be? Money. You're going to save a bunch of money on shipping costs. Emailing a design to a print bureau is faster than the fastest shipping option there is, and it costs zero dollars. More money. All the shapes are smaller and easily nested, so you'll pay less per unit volume compared with the TLSO example because the print bureau will be able to make better use of their print volume. Time. Since this company is already accustomed to running everything in batches, they're not likely to suffer in time to manufacture, but as per the first point, they'll save time on inbound shipping. And better. They have the opportunity to print job with a job ID, for example on each pair of insoles to facilitate reordering by clients. Moreover, some places like to hold on to molds for future remakes. This is no longer necessary because the complete design is captured in a file. Wow, those are some real positives. So we had one miss and one real hit in terms of companies that could benefit from 3D printing. What about a full service clinic with five to 10 practitioners that makes half of their products internally and uses CFABs for the rest. The half that they do produce internally, they are already utilizing a CAD system with a scanner and a carver to do TLSOs and sockets. They do outsource the AFOs to large CFABs for their pediatric and adult patients. All right, that'll require some thought. So in the spirit of gradual implementation, what I really like about this example is that we have a group that already has some experience with technology. There are definitely a couple approaches we could take here. This is a facility that's doing enough business to possibly justify getting their own printer, first to supplement the carver with sockets, then they could add in AFOs. What about TLSOs? Well, as with the first example, I don't love TLSOs for print, but if they do go the route of getting their own printer, then they can certainly squeeze in a TLSO from time to time if they have capacity and the machine is otherwise idle. Sockets are an area that's interesting. Certainly the simplest to do is the diagnostic socket since the long-term mechanical wear of the device is less of an issue. Not all print technologies will support the desire to have clear sockets, but for FPM, certainly there are some material options that will work, PETG among them. Definitive sockets are an area they could move into over time as they gain experience and confidence. I do love 3D printing for bulbous sockets, which can be a bit of a drag with carved models. And integrated mounting is another area that works quite well. You mentioned adding in AFOs. Where do you see those fitting in? Um, you know, part of that will really depend on the style of AFOs being done and what sort of printer they're looking at. How so? What prints well and where? Well, for a more straightforward AFO, say a simple anterior entry, posterior support for drop foot, for example, I would give the advantage to FBM that could bang it out the quickest. If you want to have a two-piece thing with a flexible liner, I could go either way. FDM still has more material choice, but MJF will handle the overhangs better. Lastly, if you wanted to do an AFO with integrated pockets for tamarack joints, for example, then at this time, I would probably prefer an MJF printer. 
it does seem kind of tough to know which printer to get if you want one. Yes and no. I mean, it's really not much different than choosing a different carver if you take a step back. Each has its own strengths, whether speed, flexibility, cost, size, etc. But once you have your machine, then you work with what you have to make the best use of it in the business context. Make what works well that you can do a lot of, but if there are spare cycles, then you can do the other stuff, not necessarily in your wheelhouse. So how about for this facility? What would this full service clinic gain by bringing on 3D printing? Well, now they have a redundant system in place for manufacture of some of their device, always a good thing. And those redundant systems will allow them to better respond to rush jobs when they come up. And assuming that they started doing their AFOs, then they'll start saving money on shipping and the CFAB costs as they bring that fabrication back into their own control, also allowing quicker response times when needed. That sounds great. How about a full service orthotics and prosthetic department at a hospital? They currently have no CAD CAM solution and they make 95% of everything in-house. Well, this is the most exciting opportunity, but also a little daunting. How come? It's exciting because of all the possibilities. It's daunting because they probably don't have much digital experience. There may be a couple of recent hires that did CAD at their old jobs. So it's a clean slate, which is great, but sometimes it can be overwhelming for whoever's in charge to grasp how to adopt things. This will be the biggest challenge. I think I kind of get that. But can you do me a favor and paint me a picture of how this might look? Sure. For the sake of argument, let's imagine that the hospital just got a big grant to implement technology in their own P department. The department head wants to set this place up to be her legacy as a state-of-the-art department and lab. Ooh, that's the ideal funding scenario. What would you suggest and what benefits should this extremely lucky department expect to see? First off, in this scenario, remember there's a lot more to treatment than making devices. If there's enough in the grant, don't forget about the other stuff, things like a gate lab and upgraded facilities for the physio people. But once those things are considered and, and appropriately upgraded and funded, what might we want for this fictional hospital? I suppose for sure a few scanners and a few seats of CAD for the design. I'd probably make sure that one of those setups was fully portable, i.e. a laptop instead of a desktop, to facilitate going out of the hospital to run clinics at other associated facilities. I'd probably want to do a milling machine and a printer. Assuming you can put all those things in and get everyone trained up, how do they benefit? Well, the portable scanner and CAD setup will improve the remote clinics in the following ways. They don't have to bring as many supplies for all the casting. It's definitely some measure of convenience. They could do the design while on site and between patients, so some more efficiency. If desired, the files could be emailed back to the fab center to start on production more quickly. Again, more efficiency. At the hospital, as with the other examples, they can virtually store all of their molds. This is particularly useful for pediatric cases where you will see the same patients again and again, and subsequent devices may just need small tweaks for growth. This saves practitioner time. Whether lifting the foam blank from the carver or the net finished device out of the printer, you don't have to lift giant plaster molds of torsos anymore. This means one small practitioner can do any job on their own without having to find someone else to help move big, heavy molds. That's perfect for someone vertically challenged like me. Any additional benefits? Uh, well, as with the previous examples, 
if they take their time and do the implementation correctly, or what I would deem as correctly, they will have spent some time quantifying and codifying the modification process. Again, will allow them to be more consistent, will allow them to more easily train new hires and just know what they've done to be able to go back and review it in the form of digital records. When working in Plaster, there's not a good way to keep a record of how you modified something unless you scan before and after modifying. That's not a super common scenario. I think most people get a scanner to be able to modify themselves in CAD or email the files elsewhere to a CFAB. So in summary, what I'm hearing is that some of the biggest benefits from the business owner's perspective are time and money savings and shipping if you were sending cast to a CFAB, near infinite record storage to facilitate remakes or new devices for patients who have simply grown, a better understanding of the modification process for better consistency, which then leads to easier onboarding of new hires. Is there anything else that should be included? I mean, I think those are some of the really heavy hitters. As I often say, it depends. So much depends on what you're comparing it to. Moving from Plaster or already using CAD, for example, and what types of devices you focus on will have an impact too. Very well put. Thank you for thoroughly answering my questions, Jeff. I have enjoyed being a guest as much as I've enjoyed listening to Between Two Printers. Thanks for joining me, and maybe we'll see you again. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, review, or share on whichever platform you're listening on. We build these episodes according to what we think you want to hear. So please do leave us some feedback by either leaving a comment or reaching out to us at info at forum.com. Until then, take care.